How do you do? How do you do? Podcast family, how are you? It has been a while, but we're happy. I'm happy to be back in your midst. I trust that, you know, things are getting better, things are looking better, and things are going to be better. It is well. Now, this is your girl, MGW, and this is another episode of The Spoken Word. If this is your first time tuning in, then we extend welcome, 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 and immense blessings to you. If you are family, then it's 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 a hearty welcome to you as well, and happy that you could have joined us another time. I want to encourage us today. I want to encourage us today by asking us a question, a question that was asked um, of a person in the Bible in time past, but I do believe it's a relevant question for us today as well. But as always, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have been gracious. You have been kind to us. We thank you that your bowel of compassion has never ceased toward us. And here we are, another moment, another time that we can gather, that we can just concentrate on you, that we can bring glory and honor to your name. As always, Lord, we can't do anything without you. I can't walk without you. I can't talk without you. It's in you that we live, we move, we have our beings. And so even now, come take your place front and center, you lead and I'll follow. And Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, may they be acceptable and pleasing unto you. You are indeed our strength and our redeemer. Amen. And so the question I want to ask us today is a question that was asked of Moses in Exodus. So this is very early out in the Bible. And the question that the Lord asked him was, what is in your hand? That's the question to us today. What is in your hand? What is it that you're carrying? How do you see that thing? What is the purpose of that thing? What is in your hand? And we're just going to read a few verses from Exodus 4. I'd want to even encourage you to start reading from just the book of Exodus to get the full extent of this story, what was happening. But in Exodus 4, I'm going to read about five or four verses And this is, I'm reading from the King James this time. So Exodus 4 verses 1 through 2 to 5. Let's go 1 to 5 and then we'll jump down to verse 17. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it and it became a rod in his hand. Verse five, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. I'm going to go over to verse 17. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. So that is our reading. And again, that is Exodus 4. We read from verses 1 through to 5, and we went over to verse 17. Verse 17 from the NIV version says, But take this staff in your hand, 
so you can perform the signs with it. So we're coming back to our question, what is in your hand? Just to maybe give a little background, a reminder um, in terms of who Moses is, who Moses was. So Moses in, in I believe it's, it's Exodus 2, we saw that Moses, Moses was pulled from water. That's what his name means, drawn from water. So he was born to both a, a, a Levite mother and father at a time when, you know, Pharaoh was just killing off the, 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 the boys at that time. And they had, to, they had to hide him. So his mother hid him up until when, you know, his cries were becoming louder than she had to move into plan B. And I'm paraphrasing now. Plan B was to put him in a basket that was covered with tar and to put him along the, 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 the river Nile. So she did that. But while she was doing this, Moses' sister stood afar off and she was watching to see what was happening. Now, Moses' mother actually did this at a time when Pharaoh's daughter was at the river Nile. She heard the baby crying and she said, you know what? That is a Hebrew boy. That's a Hebrew baby. And right on time, Moses' sister appeared and said, do you want me to get a Hebrew woman for you? No. Can I tell you that it wasn't just any and any woman that, that this little girl went to get. Moses' sister actually went to get their mother. So Moses was fortunate to to have been raised by his mother. So his mother was able to breastfeed him and everything. When he got a little older, of course, she had to take him back to, to Pharaoh's daughter. And he grew up, he grew up in, in, in the palace. He grew up under, in the Egyptians' um, palace and under Pharaoh's, well, we'd want to say, teaching. But Moses was being prepared for a time. Moses was being prepared for a time. There's no coincidence there's no coincidence in the Bible. There's no coincidence that even happened in our life. There's a word that I coin, and for me, I call them God incidents. So sometimes we can't see, you know, what's the purpose? How is this going to work? But after a while, but for a while, as we continue, as we go further and further, then we get a better understanding. There's a song that says we'll understand it better by and by. And so that was how Moses' life started out. Now, as he got older, one day he decided to go outside because, as we know, the, 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 the Israelite, the Hebrew, they were, they were in bondage. They were in slavery. They were in slavery um, in Egypt. And when Moses, so Mo, because Moses grew up so long with his mother, he knew who he was at birth. So he knew that he was an Hebrew. He knew that he was an Israelite, even though, you know, the latter part of his years, he spent them on the, in Pharaoh's kingdom. And he went out one day and he saw what was happening with his fellow Israelite, his fellow Hebrew, and he decided to part a fight. Or I, I believe the first thing happened was that, so he, he, he parted a fight and then two things happened. And the other day he killed, another time, sorry, he killed, he killed an, an Egyptian, let's call him a supervisor, so to speak, for want of a better word. And then when he went back to part a fight between his fellow Hebrew they said to him, um, do you want to kill us as you did? And when he heard this, he thought to himself, well, if they're saying this now, chances are Pharaoh would have heard about this and he thought it best to, to flee. 
And so Moses fled from Egypt. He fled from Egypt and he got to a place called Midian. And while he was there, he even got married. He got married to Zipporah and he had a son and he started tending the flocks of his father-in-law, Jethro. So this is how, so remember, you know, the question that is being asked to us is what is in your hand? Moses responded to say that it was a staff. So we're just creating the backdrop of how a staff came to be in Moses' hand. So Moses was tending to his father-in-law, flock so he was a shepherd so look at this transition he moved from being a member of the king's palace being a part of leadership under the egyptian to becoming a shepherd so moses was a shepherd and while he was attending to his father's flock so he didn't even have a, a flock for himself he was he was tending sorry to the flock of his, his father-in-law, Jethro, when a strange occurrence happened. So there was a bush on fire. It was burning, but there was no fire that was coming from it. Very strange, mysterious, if you ask me. But this was done to get Moses' attention. When Moses went over to it, the Lord said to him, take off your shoe, take off your sandal. The place you're standing is holy ground. All of this was done because the Lord heard the cry of the Hebrew, of the Israelites, those who were still under the bondage of the Egyptian. They were crying out to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were crying out for deliverance. And Moses, Moses who went through all of that, he, his purpose was to deliver. His purpose was to deliver God's people from the hand of the Egyptians. And so when the Lord got Moses' attention and he told him what he wanted to do, of course, Moses, similarly to us, found all the excuses. He, he also told the Lord that, you know, I'm slowing speech. I stutter. I cannot speak. I'm not able to do this. Lord assured him that the, the Egyptian leader, king that you, that you left there, he has died. So, of course, you are able to go back. And when Moses and the Lord decided to show him some signs. So that is, that is what brought us to where we are now in chapter 4. So, again, the Lord said unto him, what is that in thine hand? And he said, a rod. When we think of a rod, a rod is a long stick used as a support, a weapon, or a sign of authority. Let's think of it in the sense of who Moses was then, a shepherd. So, as a shepherd, it means that he had flocks of sheep that he was tending to. And he needed to have, he needed to have this stick, this rod, to keep them in line. He needed to have this as a weapon so, so whenever anything came against the, the sheep, any wolf, any other animal, any bear, then he would have, he could use the same stick as a weapon. And it also meant, as we said, a sign of authority. So even though we ourselves are regarded as sheep because sheep 
they are considered to be senseless animals, so they depend so much on the shepherd. And another time, of course, we can always look at Psalm 23 in that regard, seeing God as our shepherd. But so the, the authority, so when Moses had this, this even spoke to the sheep, they knew who was in authority. So again, even though, but, but to Moses, Moses just saw this as, hey, I've been relegated to, to, to a shepherd. I am but a shepherd. He didn't know that what he was carrying had so much potential. He didn't know that what he was carrying had so much value. And again, I pause now to ask you to ask us, what is it that's in your hand? At the time when the Lord asked Moses this question, as we, as we identified, he literally had this staff in his hand. This was his way of life. This was his way of living. This was what he came to know at this time. Could it be that what you have in your hand is something that you've been overlooking? Could it be that you, you are yet to see the value of what you have been doing over the years? Could it be that you have just said, you know what? It is just a mere, as, as Moses said, he just said, a rod. A rod, like you're asking me, what is that in my hand? I just have a rod in my hand. It could be the same thing with you. You, you, you can't see, you fail to see all that, all that you carry, the worth, the value of what you carry. And so, like a Moses, you're just saying, you know what? It is just a piece of stick. It is but a rod. But I want for us to, to look further. I want for us to look deeper to really see how we have been harnessing what we are carrying, how we have been using what we are carrying. I can imagine some of you already may be saying, but all I seem to be carrying is pain. All I seem to be carrying is, 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 is just hurt and confusion and, and just things that may be more of a, of a negative value. But can I tell you that even those are able to change into something of worth? Because let's go back to Moses or character or example right now. Moses saw this as a piece of stick and nothing else. But then the Lord decided to show him that it is a stick. But when I put my word upon this, it becomes more. When I put my power upon this, it becomes more. And the Lord decided to challenge Moses to also show him that I am sending you to someone who you are afraid of. I'm sending you to someone to do a huge task because people of God, this was not a, it was not a baby task. It was a big task. Maybe if it was, if I were in Moses' shoe, then I would have even found more reasons not to go because it was massive. It was a big deal, as we would say. But then the Lord has a way of, 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 of maybe consoling our fears or, or, or giving us some more courage to go. And I believe that's a part of what he did. And so he challenged Moses and also exposed him to what he was carrying. And he told him to, all right, you see this as, a, as just a piece of stick. But guess what? Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And the word of God says that it became a serpent. And of course, like, like, like Moses, I would have run away as well. And Moses flee from before it because th this is, this is a miracle. 
Like how, how can a piece of stick now become a serpent that is moving, a live serpent? And the Lord didn't stop there. The Lord told him to put his hand, you know, and to take it by the tail. And then it became back a, a rod, a staff in Moses' hand. So the Lord was, as I said before, the Lord was just confirming that I'm not just sending you with what you consider to be just a, a staff, just a regular stick that you use with the, the sheep. But as, as, as I even said when we were describing what a staff, what a rod is, it, it is now a sign of greater authority. It is now a sign of power. It is now a sign of miracles. What is in your hand? What is in your hand? You know, and this is, as this is coming to me, I'm going to share it. Because sometimes we, we, we even underestimate the things that our hands are able to do. I know for a fact that there are some of us that we can take a cup of rice. And yes, I just said rice. We can take a cup of rice. But when we're through cooking that rice, we would not believe that it was just a cup that was made. Because the, the, the amount that came from that one cup that you made. And then on the other hand, you have some persons that they take that cup of rice and they prepare it. And it comes out to be just a cup. So something as simple as that, you may be saying, but oh, it doesn't happen for everyone. It does not happen for everyone. We do not get the same results. So I use that example to say, do not underestimate what you're doing do not underestimate what God has placed in your hands. What he has placed in your hands is different. It made all the shepherd of the time. They had to have staff. They had to have a rod because they needed it for their duty. But I'm positive that if we were to line up all the other shepherds that were in Midian at the time, then they were, they, they would have been different, like the, we would see different results from their rod, from their staff between, um, of Moses. Because Moses' rod and staff now came under, let me, I want to say God's direction for want of a better word. The thing that you're carrying in your hand, have you committed it to God? Have you said, Lord, I realize that there is something when I do this thing, I'm still not so sure but can you make it clear to me? I'm committing it to you so that I always give unto you. I always do unto you. What is it that you're carrying in your hand? I used an example earlier and I said, I know that some of us may be saying, all that I seem to be carrying is just pain, is just pain, is just, you know, hurt and the things that are negative. But can I tell you that pain also produces the promise? Pain also produces the promise. But... What you're carrying has to be committed to God. Romans 8, 28 says, All things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So yes, it is painful now. Yes, I can't believe I'm carrying anything good in my hand because the results that I'm seeing, they are bad. But just as though God was able to turn this stuff into a snake and vice versa, he's able to turn your pain into the promise He's able to turn the pain into joy if we were to go through. And I do encourage you. You may not have read this story in a while. You may not have really taken the time to have it soak in. I encourage you to read the book of Exodus to get all of this story. 
Because the same rod that was used is the same rod that Moses had to take with him. Earlier I said that Moses was a deliverer for the Hebrews. He was a deliverer for the children of Israel. And there's a study called typology. And the name speaks for itself. itself sorry. So Moses was a type of. In this sense, Moses was a deliverer. We know that Jesus is our deliverer. But in the, in the Old Testament, before Jesus' time, Moses was a type of deliverer. So just as we, 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 we saw that Moses used his, his rod, his stick, to deliver the, the, the children of Israel, the Hebrew race, is the same thing we'll see in New Testament in Jesus' time. That Jesus came to deliver. Just as though we've been delivered, Jesus came for that. And so Moses, in spite of all that he went through, he was made to be a deliverer. And he needed the staff to do that. Who are you? And what is it that you're carrying in your hand? It's a question that you may not be able to answer right now. But I want to encourage you to continue to ask yourself this question. Do not stop asking the question until you have an answer. And you are sure of the answer. I want to believe that just as though the Lord could have showed, showed Moses that it wasn't just a mere stick or a mere staff or a rod. That he'll be able to, he'll, he'll, be, he'll show you as well that what you think is just a mere stick. Or it's, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing worthwhile. Is nothing of value that he'll show you what it is that you are truly carrying in your hand. I also want to share this with you because, as you know, on the spoken word, we share experiences as led by the Holy Spirit. And so I remember going through a season of asking this very question. I heard it and it was so fresh and of course I was like, so Lord, what is in my hand? Because yes, we can see what is in other person's hand, but there comes a time when you get personal. What is it? What is in my hand? And I was asking the Lord the question. I felt as if I was on, I was just on replay. I kept asking, I kept asking, I kept asking. It was so much so that I was actually riding one day. I was a passenger in a vehicle and I didn't realize that subconsciously I was still processing the question. So while we were having a conversation, I was still processing the question. I was still asking the Lord, what is in my hand? And it just came out of my mouth. It was not fitting for the conversation. It was just what was in my heart. You know, the word of God says, you know, the, the overflow of our hearts. Yes. That was, that was the overflow from my heart. And it came out in the conversation. And I shared with my friend, you know, what, why that came out, what was happening. And it so happened that, you know, the Lord will always give us a witness. So she was now brought into understanding of where that was coming from. And the fact that I was asking this question, what was in my hand. And we went to corporate worship. Um, I think it, it felt like it was a, it was a Bible study or it was one of those midweek service. It wasn't one of your larger service, larger gathering. So it felt somewhat kind of intimate. And while we were there, the presenter 
asked this question. This happened like maybe two days after. The presenter asked the same question. What is in your hand? What is in your hand? You're asking what is in your hand. The word of God is in your hand. Family, when I heard that, I was surprised. I was I was just taken aback because I was like, wow. But because I was going to the Lord repeatedly asking what was in my hand, what was in my hand, he knew that he was going to answer me. I didn't know when he was going to answer me or how he was going to answer me. But he knew that he was going to answer me. And the answer came that the word of God is in my hand. As I'm before you on the other end of this recording, I, I acknowledge that the word of God is in my hand. I acknowledge that I'm a steward of the word of God. But can I also tell you that I am still seeking and committing to the Lord? What exactly do I need to do with the word? And as I continually ask that question, podcast, spoken word by MGW, is a result of using the word that is in my hand. I encourage you, as I encourage myself, the value of what we carry in our hand, it is greater than us. Again, Moses had to use that same rod, that same stick. When it got to the point where, where because Mo, sorry, Pharaoh's heart was so hard that he had to go through different plagues. He had to go through the different plagues and it wasn't until the death, the death of the Egyptian boys. When Pharaoh realized that death was in his house, that was when he, he let go and he released the Israelites to go. And even at that point when they were going, they came across, they came up to the Red Sea. When they came up to the Red Sea, the Red Sea was in front and Pharaoh and his army, they were behind them, still chasing them. And it came back to the very stick, the very rod that Moses was carrying. He had to hold it up across the sea for it to part so that the Israelites could have their way. They could go through on dry ground. So I'm telling you that what you are carrying is so a nation. <laughs> A nation is depending on that which you are carrying. So I'm closing with this question. What is in your hand? What is in your hand? Yes, even if you need to literally look to see. But the question to you for the remainder of this time when you hear, when you reflect, when you meditate on this word is what is in your hand? I just want to thank you for tuning in to another episode. I hope you were blessed. I hope you were challenged. I hope you were encouraged. Love and blessings. Your girl signing out.